0: What would life look like for you if you crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's, and landed your dream job? Let's picture it. You finally made it. I'm talking you're getting flown out by corporations, five-star amenities, just to interview you. And then, boom, just like that, you get the job. I have another question for you. How would you handle having to give up that dream job? after receiving a mental health diagnosis that would change the trajectory of your life and your career? Well, today, I guess Portia Booker is going to answer those questions as she takes us along her journey of what she had to sacrifice and what she has gained on her path to mental wellness.
1: Welcome to the Bipolar Black Girl Podcast, hosted by Delvina J. Somebody who has been on the front lines of mental health challenges and understands truly how you feel. Understands the isolation, the confusion, and even the embarrassment. There's no reason to be embarrassed. And together, we're going to fight the stigma surrounding mental health. Get ready to hear from others who have been in similar challenges as you and feel the encouragement from knowing you are not alone. Regardless of how yesterday felt, girl, you can get back up again and again. Here's Delvina J. Hey,
0: y'all. Hey, it's your girl Delvina J. And I am here with our guest today, Portia Booker, also known as Portia the producer. Portia is a radio host. She has a podcast, Groove with Portia. And she is a mental health advocate. So we're going to talk to Portia today about a couple different things. But let's go ahead. and,
2: And how are you doing today, Portia? First of all, Davina, thank you so much for inviting me onto your podcast. When I saw the name, I said, wow, who would have thought somebody would be just as bold as me to go with their mess out into the world, right? So first of all, I will say today's a little little tough. I mean, I've, I've been a little tired today because I went to mm-hmm. bed late. For some reason, there's just, I'm going to assume there's some shifting going on in the atmosphere or... Mm-hmm something on the lines because normally i'm an early riser okay i'm up mm-hmm. at oh dark thirty four a.m i'm in the bed sometimes by nine at night but now i've mm-hmm. been up until midnight one two o'clock in the morning when that's the time i'm getting up mm-hmm. so i'm just a little tired emotionally i can say i'm content it hasn't always been this way as we were discussing in the very beginning before we started you know recording the episode then my mom passed away to be two months on september the 7th and It doesn't even seem real. Some days I find myself missing her more. And then Mm -hmm. other days I'm able to continue on with my life. But then some moments during the day, it hits me like, am I really supposed to be happy? Am I really Mm -hmm. supposed to continue moving forward with my life? How can I celebrate these moments when my main squeeze, my rock is Mm -hmm. not next to me? Mm -hmm. So all the questions that tend to come into my realm, sometimes Delvina sometimes really gets the better of me. But I can say overall today I'm content. I can definitely say I'm content.
0: Well, you just touched on a couple of great things that I want to talk about. Number one, I definitely think there is a change in the atmosphere. I don't know if the season, because the season is changing or what's going on. Because I've been feeling it too. I've been dragging, you know, and I'm just like, oh, the weather's changing and I, I can feel it, you know. Um... But I can relate to you so much when you talk about the passing of your mom. And we did kind of talk about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, I know that it's still fresh for you. And I think it's kind of one of those things that you'll have days where it feels like it was just yesterday. Because it's been almost 20 years for me since my mom passed away. So I think I can definitely relate to what you're saying. And um, how have you been handling your mental health while managing, you know, the loss of your mother?
2: I'll be very transparent. Delvina, I'm grateful and thankful that I found a therapist who Mm -hmm. has been just phenomenal. And let me tell you, I've had my run-ins with therapists. I've had to fire four different ones over my course of my mental health journey. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful that my therapist is one, holding me accountable. Two, we check in throughout the week. It's not just a one session And we're one and done for the week. No, my therapist gives me homework to do for our next session. So my therapist is very much so like a coach. And I love her approach to working with me in that sense. But before I even met with my therapist, I mean, it was a struggle. When I tell you it was a struggle some days and and trigger warning, I wanted to kill myself. Because in my heart, the pain was just so bad. It was so heavy. To the point that I'm like, hey, God, I don't, you know, I don't know if people are spiritual or religious, but I'm like, hey, God, you took my mom. You took everything else. So why do I have to stay here? Why do I have to stay here and suffer and everybody else gets to go and be happy, go lucky, marry? And so for a little bit, I, I felt some type of way. I wasn't too happy with God. And my therapist, shout out to them. They had me write an open, honest letter to God about how I felt. They said, Portia, you you need to tell God how you feel. And I'm gonna be honest, Delvina, I think some of the Bibles in my house caught on fire by some stuff that I said. And but honestly, you know, depending on what your belief is, your spirituality, we have a forgiving Father. We do, mm-hmm. and we have to take the good with the bad. And so, if He's gonna love us, no matter what we're able to hold them accountable like hey i'm not too happy with you man i'm ready to fire you <laughs> so mm-hmm. so i will say that managing my mental health has been a roller coaster ride but i'm thankful that i meet with my coaches my coaches are very supportive my therapist also my friends and family that that's the key to really has been keeping me afloat throughout this transition of my mother has been the support system of my coaches, my therapists, and also me doing work on myself, taking moments for self-care. I mean, earlier today, I do word burning projects. So I was literally in between calls today. I said, you know what? I'm going to take a break, give myself some mindless time to just regenerate myself, putting something into or regenerate, my rejuvenate myself by doing something creative. So, wood burning is one thing. I love audiobooks. I listen to audiobooks all the time. Taking a walk around the block, playing with my dog. So, really incorporating that self care in between this pivotal transition in the grief and loss of my mom has been a very, very good thing that I've incorporated.
0: Okay. Now the self care piece is definitely something that I think sometimes we neglect a little bit. But during these times, it's like we have to ramp it up, you know, and really go hard with loving ourselves and taking care of ourselves. And something that you mentioned is having like a a hobby. And so having doing things that you enjoy, I should say. So how would you, how do, how does someone go about creating a routine in their life that is based around things that they enjoy?
2: It starts with self discovery. For one, I would say go back to your child. right? We all had something in our childhood that when we got to do it, we lit up like it was the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. So really exploring that, have that curiosity like a nine-year-old kid who's playing with different things. I mean, you have to let your inner child out. And that's what's really helped me. I give myself permission to make mistakes when I'm wood burning. I mean, knock on wood, I've not wood burned myself or anything Mm -hmm. of that such but earlier today i gave myself permission to use colors for the first time Mm -hmm. and i just took color pencils i took some watercolor watercolor style color pencils to just shade in the lettering that i did and it came out phenomenal i didn't know how it was going to come out it was just trial and error so really just doing some exploration trial and error i mean if you want to embark on a sports thing if you like tennis. Or for me, it started off, to be honest with you, Dubina, it started off with podcast. Podcasting was my saving grace to one, share my mental health journey to build my confidence back up after I left the TV industry because I was a TV producer for NBC. And then three, it also helped me to connect with other people to continue to have that level of support. And, and I loved it so much So now, obviously, I host my own radio show and podcast Mm -hmm. and, you know, I connect with people all over the world, but I never get enough of it. So now my podcast, my radio show is therapy for me because I get to do two things that I love, educate people and also connect with other people. So really, it just boils down, Delvina, to really giving yourself that permission to unleash your inner child, let yourself play. You have to let yourself play because there's that inner kid within each and every one of us. And I think when we reach a certain age as adults, we continue to stifle that because of what society says, the societal prescription that when you're an adult, you're not allowed to show emotion. You're not allowed to be a kid. You're not allowed to laugh at certain things. I laugh at stuff every day. I laugh at just random stuff outside. So I think we just have to let go of that common thought pattern or ideology that we're not allowed to do something we have to just give ourselves permission to do it I think that's so
0: powerful giving ourselves permission to just be authentically who we are without putting any brakes on saying oh no I can't do this I can't do that because of blah, blah 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 like just letting ourselves just be with ourselves and Exploring the things that we like I think that is um That's definitely a good point And I wanted to pivot a little bit Because you did mention That you were a producer for um, NBC And I want to know When you were diagnosed with your with your mental health I like to call them mental health challenges I'm not I I, I don't like to say mental illness too much but mental health challenge what was life like for you going from being this producer for NBC having this great job to now I have to navigate this new normal
2: I'll be honest with you Delvina. in the very beginning it was tragic I felt that i failed life i felt that i failed myself my family i mean because when i I love to tell people this story that when you watch movies and you see the person who lands their dream job the company flies them out there puts them in a five-star hotel pays for all their meals they interview inside of the place get a whole feel that was me i had everything from all the meals to the the five-star hotel with the mat the The mattress that you jumped in and you sunk all the way to the bottom. I'm telling you, I had it all. And then when I bought the ticket, of course, you know, my dream job turned into a complete nightmare after a short period of time. Because I don't know how much you know about news, but the shift that you work determines your social life. So for me, I worked 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Sunday through Thursday. My only day off was on Saturday. And so I'm a social butterfly. I'm an introverted extrovert. So I need social time. And during my time working there, I didn't know anybody. I was in a brand new state, brand new city, brand new house. Everything was new. But I was always so tired to the point that I had no drive to go out and do anything. The only thing I wanted to do was sleep. It just never felt like enough. So you figure all of these things, just in the initial. Not even talking about the work environment. Let's just go to the work environment brief. The work environment was not very friendly. It was very cutthroat. There was a lot of quote unquote deadlines to meet. I mean, the minute that you walk in, you're on deadline. You have to stack that news, ro- that, the rundown before a certain time. Or you got the, the news director yelling at you. You got the anchors yelling at you. You got your other co-producers. So there was already enough stress and strain on me from the initial and right then and there delvina within the first i would say three or four weeks when i started the job i noticed i couldn't comprehend anything i was reading like you know the the charlie brown commercial where or the charlie brown Mm -hmm. tv show with the teacher going womp 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 that's literally what everything sounded like i'd be sitting there reading all i hear is "Womp, womp womp i'm like why am i not comprehending what i'm reading what's what's going on here so i started with that then the isolation then also, I wasn't sleeping because I'm sleeping during the daytime when most people are up, social, working, etc. cetera. So literally my whole world got switched around. And I'm thankful to this day to one of the producers who I worked with who really took me under their wing and recommended that I go see somebody about my mental health. When I did, that really, to me, was the the hammer put down on me about, oh, you know, you, you have bipolar disorder and your brain's broken, it's not your fault, you're gonna have to be put on medication all your life. So they're nailing me to the cross from the very get-go before I'm even given a chance to really have my story heard, like, hey, I just moved here. I'm new to a lot of these things. So it was it was almost in a form of culture shock, truthfully, Delvina. And once that happened... it it took a toll straight down. I mean, several medication adjustments. I've been on every single one that you can think of. Mm -hmm. It it almost actually ended up where I almost ended my life over it. Mm -hmm. So in March of 2017, I came into work. I'd already felt worthless. I felt down. I felt terrible. I already knew in my heart that if this is all that life can offer me if this is the only hand that I'm being dealt then I'd rather not be here mm-hmm. and of course that very day it was the the icing on the cake and I I still get emotional about this when I share the story one of my senior producers literally ripped me another one in front of the whole newsroom so talk mm-hmm. about public humiliation. And when I was a kid, I was bullied in different schools that I went to because I was different. So it was almost as though that scenario of me being bullied in the third through fifth grade up till eighth grade came back. So I was literally faced in front of all my childhood traumas like a horror movie It was every single night, shame, guilt, bullying. So I'm literally backed into a corner. So the only thing you can do when you're backed into a corner is the same effect like a bird in a cage. You're going to scream. You're going to lash out. And once that happened, I remember going into the dressing room. I just bawled my eyes out. Just bawled because I could not believe that happened. And once I left work, I had every intent on jumping off the bridge into the water because I knew I couldn't swim. I knew my family wouldn't find me because I was already thousand miles away from home. So really it was it was that pivotal moment. But at the same time, as we know, when it's not your time to go, Mm -hmm. it's not your time. I'm thankful to my work mom who picked up on my text messages to her and she said, Portia, you take your black A to that hospital because you're not well. And I listened to her. And while I was sitting there in the hospital and, you know, they're asking me all these silly questions and all that, I said, there has to be more to life than this. There has to be more than just this. And so the only thing that died that day in March 2017 was me living the life that other people wanted for me. That was when I took the author pen back and started my healing journey then. So
0: after you had your moment of really like a, I don't know if come to Jesus moment is the right word, but after you had your reckoning with yourself, I would say, and you realize like, okay, I have to do this for me. Like I have to adopt this new normal. What did life start to look like for you? How did you
2: begin to deal with like, okay, this is my diagnosis. This is what I need to do. So what I did originally, I stayed kind of on the traditional path of addressing my mental health by going back to therapy, found a new therapist, was on two different medications instead of three, a cocktail. But then even still that hit a solid bottom because Mm -hmm. I reached a point again where I'm thinking, I'm not buying this diagnosis. I'm not buying these medications because i know in my heart there's another way Mm -hmm. so that even started more unpacking the layers of understanding mental health understanding the mind i mean i told you you know i fired four different therapists that i had Mm -hmm. and through me letting them go really helped me to invest more in my self-healing journey so i started doing acupuncture acupuncture helped me I also went on an autoimmune paleo diet because my skin had broke out in this crazy psoriasis-like rash. And then my doctor, my holistic doctor, stripped me of dairy products. She stripped me of certain veggies, certain carbs, everything. So literally, I'm on the caveman diet, fruit, veggie, protein. And even from that shift, I noticed a change in my mental health. I noticed a change in my physical health. I even noticed a change within myself. Because I'm I'm actually invested in myself holistically, 100%. So really, that journey has really opened a lot of eyes for me, a lot of doors from just letting go of that ideology that you have to go the traditional route to address your mental health. And I I hate to say it, but it's easier to find a bad therapist than it is to find a good one these days and that should tell you a lot about our mental health system in its whole in its entirety because why are more people getting diagnosed but yet less people are becoming free of medication i feel like the the amount of medication that's being dispensed is growing higher on a daily basis than it is reducing And I know that's a whole system. That's a whole topic topic topic. right there. Because let
0: me tell you, I've had and not even just therapists, psychiatrists, too. They'll just look at you and okay, you check this box, check this box, check check this box. Let's give you this, you know, and it's like, do are you listening to me? You know, are you hearing what I'm saying or are you just trying to give me something that you think will help to get me out of your office?
2: You know, like I don't know, maybe that's my, but um, no, no, you're right. I I believe that medical gaslighting is a real thing, especially in communities of color. You know, and I and I mm-hmm. I play Delfi's advocate a little bit, Delphina, That in our community, we say we want healing, we want better access to healthcare, but at the same time, we still don't do our part mm-hmm. in that algorithm. A lot of us still eat terrible. Mm -hmm. A lot of us still make excuses of, oh, well, my grandpappy had diabetes and she had it too. And so I'm going to get it. You can prevent that. But Mm -hmm. again, we want what we want when we want it. So if you want to continue down that path of you want better health, but you still eat like a trash can, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, We have to do our part, too, and not just continue to blame the healthcare system because there's ways around it. There definitely is. I've been prescription med free for three years. Oh, wow. And I, you know, I proudly say that because it is possible. Mm-hmm. I sought it out and I believe that it, it's attainable for more people. It's just you have to, one, identify that there is a problem. You have to accept that there is a problem. But you also have to accept that there is a solution to the problem and you mm-hmm. can't stop fighting. You have to keep fighting for your health care. I mean, <laughs> little little side note here. I actually have a tattoo on my wrist that says vicious. And mm-hmm. it's based off of a song by my favorite band, Hailstorm. But it's Harry Potter themed. Because the lyric says, what doesn't kill me makes me vicious. And you have to be a tough mm-hmm. SOB to get through this world. I'm telling you. You have to be mm-hmm. that advocate in your own life. Just like you would if you have kids who, are, who learn differently. And you're trying to advocate for them to get the best services in school. You got to be that same advocate in your own life. Especially when it comes to your mental health. Wow. That's that's a good way to look at it. It kind
0: of spins it a little bit. And puts the focus. Not just on. Okay this doctor is going to help me. Or that therapist is going to help me. But what can I do to help myself. And it gives you that power back. Because a lot of times. When you're dealing with a mental health issue. You feel powerless. You feel like. Life is over. You feel like, you know, you don't know if you're coming or going, you know, you're trying to figure it out. So I think holding ourselves accountable gives us that power back.
2: Oh, tenfold. And I mean, what's the first word you see in the word mental? Me, Mm -hmm. me. So we have to put me back into our mental health. We tend to disassociate when it comes to anything that deals with our mental well-being. And that's not the case. We have to put me back into that equation in order Putting to address- me
0: back into our mental health. That's a word, y'all. That's a word. So um, it was a pleasure speaking with you today, Portia. How can our guests reach out to you if they
2: want to find you? What are your social media handles? Just just give them the whole give them, give them how they can reach you. Uh, I want to say thanks again, Delvina, for having me on. So if you want to find me, I am on Instagram at Portia underscore Hugs, H-U-G-S. I'm on Facebook at Portia Booker and LinkedIn at Portia Booker too. I mean, if you just Google my name, Portia Booker, you will find me. You can also find my show group, Portia, by doing a Google search. I'm on all the podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart. I'm everywhere. You can find me and You know, no message goes unread. You can pick my brain on anything mental health. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well,
0: that's how you get in contact with her. Definitely hear up, y'all. She is a wealth of knowledge and experience. And she is definitely um, an advocate for her not only her mental health, but our mental health is a community of color. So thank you so much. And that's it for this episode, y'all. And we'll talk to you
1: next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bipolar Black Girl Podcast with your host, Delvina J. We hope you feel encouragement from today's episode and that you continue to join us for future episodes. But this show is not a replacement for professional help. Please remember to reach out for medical help if you feel you need it. Although we can get together as a community and share our experiences with each other, if you need mental health services, you should seek a medical professional immediately. And no matter what today or tomorrow brings, girl, you can get back up again and again.